the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey guys, it's Morgan. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go over Biden's speech that everybody is talking about. Right now, we're going to do a deep dive, okay? And I'm going to explain why. I get a lot of people on social media that will kind of like laugh at me or make fun of me if they find out that I'm watching the original version of something. I, I guess in this era, we don't have the time to watch full speeches or full addresses and all that stuff. And people hate politics. And so they think the smart thing and the funny thing to do is just be like, eh, F that. Um, so I just remember one of the most prominent situations of this was when I posted that I was baking muffins earlier this year during the State of the Union. And people were like, I can't believe you can even stand to watch that stuff. How could you waste your time watching him like that? Uh, I could never, I just watch the highlights later on, or I just watch people's commentary later on. And I, I think that's very damaging. I personally find it very important to watch the original thing happen, to listen to the original speech, to watch the original video of whatever goes viral and whatever becomes the next controversy. Um, and I really like to watch things like the State of the Union, like presidential addresses, and like the addresses from the press secretary who speaks on behalf of the president to the United States and to, to the people, to the press in America, because I want to hear how they actually talk to us, what they're saying, the kind of messages that they're sending, the kind of tone they're using. And that's important in itself. But the next step of that is the fact that when you listen to it from a commentator, when you listen to it on the news, it's going to have a twist. They're going to simplify and focus on the things they thought were important, and both sides find completely opposite things important, right? So that's going to be one. You're going to have that political bias no matter what. I mean, in today's world, do we have anybody that provides non-biased news coverage? I got to wonder. Um, actually, there's there's a couple that I can think of right now. But in general, if you're watching TV, you're not getting the full story. And I find it for the third reason, very important to watch the original version because these people are lying to us. They are putting us down a very, very dangerous path. And unless we wake the heck up and start to see these dangerous trends and start to watch the lies for ourselves and really watch a politician do what they are doing to us in real time, I don't think it's going to really hit us and it's not going to spark people and it's not going to make people as clearly concerned and alert as they probably should be. That's that's a really important thing to me. Is I I think people are so desensitized to a lot of this and like the the fact that most people don't e- like don't even know that this address happened, right? The people that know about it are obviously concerned after what we just saw. I mean, people are calling it Hitler's speech, right? <laughs> a Biden Hitler speech because it looks just insane. I mean, Dave Portnoy said that this looks like Hitler and and Stalin had a baby <laughs> and it was this stage or something crazy like that. When when we just allow these kind of things to happen and we allow the politicians to do their dirty work and go about their their corrupt business and their oppressive, tyrannical ways, 
And we just go about our daily lives like, well, we're a little busy, so we couldn't tune into that. Like, uh, you guys, he just declared that half of the country is a threat to democracy in front of Independence Hall. So maybe we should all just put the phone down for a second, tune in for the 24-minute address that it was, and see what the president of the United States is saying about his own people and doing at a very important location. Independence Hall of all places. Oh my gosh, I'm so mad about it. Okay, with that being said, let's get into it. Okay, before we play the Biden speech, I want to remind you guys, if you haven't yet, go check out my Instagram because one of the recent posts of mine is a full video tutorial on how I use my Vara Safety Reach 2S You guys are always asking what kind of holsters I'm using, uh, what kind of outfits I wear for concealed carry, and the kind of safe that I use in the home. I get a lot of moms that ask how they can keep firearms in the home if they want to also make sure kids are absolutely safe. I mean, the numbers on this kind of stuff are are pretty freaky, you guys. We always say it could never happen to us. And, oh, our kids know about this kind of stuff. Our kids are very aware. They're educated. They would never do something like that. But there's always accidents, and unfortunately, it's something that we have to deal with. And so VARA safety is great for multiple reasons, but it's especially good for families that have kids in the home that want to have the gun easily accessible, but also completely locked and safe, okay? So I like VARA safeties. I live alone. I'm five feet tall. I'm 100-something pounds. I want to have immediate access and proper grip, but I also want to just be responsible with how I store the firearm when I'm not using it. And that is why I like this. It's a combination between a safe and a holster. It's screwed into my bedside table. And when I pull from it, like I'm pulling from a regular holster, my thumbprint aligns on a biometric sensor and immediately it unlocks the gun and I have proper grip. So then you're ready to rock and roll. If you guys want one of these, go to varasafety.com, varasafety.com. They make these in America. They're actually based in upstate New York near my hometown. That's where I'm from. And I couldn't be more proud to be supporting them or just have one in my home. It's an awesome product. All right. Now, with that being said, let's start out with Joe Biden's speech. Now, he's going to say it, but I just want you guys to get the vibe if you haven't seen the picture. Actually, you know what? You guys are active people. If you haven't seen the picture of the speech yet, so the visual, I want you to watch. I want you to go onto the internet right now as you're listening and just type in uh, President Biden full speech on democracy. It'll come up on C-SPAN and you can see the the fact that the president is standing in front of Independence Hall, where our founders wrote and debated the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. It's an important place. It's not a place that gets politicized, you know? Like it it's just like, why'd you have to touch it? Why'd you have to do that, Joe? You guys know. You guys know why he did it. It's because it sends quite a strong message. We are the side of the Constitution. We are the people in favor of a constitutional republic compared to these the other side on the left. We care about our founders. They, they tear our founders' statues down and remove our founders' names from schools. They call them slave owners. They call them racists. They call them hateful, bigoted people. And they say America was a mistake or... America was put on stolen land from the Native Americans. It was conquered. 
they have all these horrible things to say about our founders, but when it's time to oppress us and force us through their further steps into tyranny, they say, you know what we should do? We should go to a precious place to these people, these conservatives. Let's go stand right in front of Independence Hall, where the Declaration of Independence and Constitution were formed and agreed upon by some of the greatest men, one of the greatest generations in our country. And let's tell them that they're now a threat to democracy and that if they disagree with our rule, they are a threat to the rights of others in America. The immensity of this moment baffled me. It made me really, really sad because I do this, you know, I do this for a living, right? I don't actually do it for a living. Like I have my business and stuff and I, to me, political commentary has been like a really fun addition that I didn't think I would ever really get into, but I see education as the future and education about civics and history and economics and finance, because when we don't understand these things, the people in power can oppress us. And for someone like me, you know, little Morgan, I'm looking at my wall right now. It's a cross and then under it is the Declaration of Independence framed. And then under that is the Betsy Ross flag. And then to the to the left of those are just two pictures of the West, because I really like the West in America. Um, some pretty scenery. But that's like the centerpiece of my home. And I remember just like hearing the real-time speech of Joe Biden tell us that the federal government now considers us to be extremists. It's so wild. And so I just hope you guys know that. Like, this is not me dramatizing a situation because I have a political show, this is like a really bad situation. And I'm sorry I'm not using fancier words right now. Like I truly am at a loss for words for the most part. But with that being said, he's in front of Independence Hall. He They lit it up to be this ominous, from the ground up, glowing red lights. Like what the heck? So, of course, everybody's like, oh, nice V for Vendetta remake, or what is this, the USSR, or what is this, Nazi Germany? It literally looks like that. And then they hung the flag behind him, but then there's two military members on his side. So, at an event where he's declaring half the country is extremist and a threat to the country, he he brings members of the military to stand behind him, and he stands at one of the most important locations in our country. With that being said, let's play the video. My fellow Americans... Please, if you have a seat, take it. I speak to you tonight from sacred ground in America, Independence Hall in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This is where America made its declaration of independence to the world more than two centuries ago with an idea. Okay, I should warn you guys. He can't even say sentences because he keeps coughing. If you're going to be a scary, evil dictator, you've got to be able to pronounce your scary sentences. ...among nations that in America, we're all created equal. This is where the United States Constitution was written and debated. This is where we set in motion the most extraordinary experiment of self-government the world has ever known. With three simple words, we the people, we the people, these two documents and the ideas they embody, equality and democracy, 
are the rock upon which this nation is built. Okay, equality and democracy are the values in which this nation was built. Um, I, it's crazy to see how people interpret things. But just to put this out there, you guys, we're a constitutional republic. Democracy is, is you know, direct voting, right? And the left would love that because then New York and California could determine who controls the country and look at how that would turn out. You guys see the videos of how California and New York are turning out. So our founders created a very intricate process of federalism where it wasn't a situation where they just formed some government and said, you know what, this is going to be the new government and the people of, of the United States of America are now in this great country. No, no, no. When they ratified the U.S. Constitution, it was an agreement among the states, the people of the states. And that was purposeful. That was to show the states that, hey, you guys still are the powerful entities. You are still the sovereign bodies that are forming together to create a republic of states, the United States of America. Get it? In the name, right? So this was not a federal government saying, you know what, we're going to create a federal government for the people and tell them that this is what they're now in. And no, they had the people of the states vote in their state on if the state would agree to ratify the constitution. And eventually the states agreed to ratify. Now I'll get into this towards the end, but if you guys don't know this, I do freedom papers at turning point USA. It's super fun. Me and Connor Clegg, my friend there, he produces the Charlie Kirk show. Um, we go through every single Federalist and then we sprinkle in the Anti-Federalist Papers when they they match the Federalist Papers. Um, but the Federalist Papers were written by uh, Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, and John Jay, all in 1787 and a little bit after, in an effort to sway the people of the states that were still hesitant to vote to ratify, to vote for ratification. The Anti-Federalists were worried that what was designed in the Constitution would be too powerful of a federal government, and it would lead to monarchy, right? Another King George. And they had just gone out of that, right? They don't want to repeat it. So they had trust issues, right? It's like a relationship. You get cheated on, you have trust issues then, and it affects your ability to want to be like, oh, yeah, sure, let's hop right back into this situation. And so you might overcorrect, and that's unfortunately what the anti-federalists were doing. They were overcorrecting in their desire to have either just completely disunified states and have little tiny mini countries, right? Or they wanted smaller confederacies that maybe like two or three, so splitting all 13 into two or three uh, separate countries that had smaller number of states to each. Uh, Some also were like, you know, we're down for rewriting the Articles of Confederation that they had at the moment, but they just weren't a fan of the Constitution. And so that was another criticism that they got. Actually, we just did that paper. I can't remember what one. But the Federalist Publius is the pen name that they use. They were like, you guys are saying that a patient is sick and you're not providing any possible fix because you're saying that our fix just might be a little too risky. Well, what if we knew that the patient was going to die no matter what and we just wanted to try whatever would work? And this, we think, is the best solution. You guys are saying we can't try anything. We should just should say, well, the patient's dead. The patient's dying. Let's do nothing about it. And so it's funny how they use certain language and these political tactics to message to the voters, even back in 1787, that oh, the other side, they, they aren't the smart ones, or the other side, they've got the bad intentions. And it's, it's classic politics even hundreds of years ago. 
But all of that is said by me to just really emphasize the fact that in the Federalist Papers, what I love is they talk about our republic. It was very clearly a constitutional republic. And then now all these days you hear our democracy, our democracy, our democracy. It's because these people on the left want centralized power from the top down. They don't like the idea of federalism. They don't like the idea. I mean, look at how they went over with Roe v. Wade. Oh my gosh, the fact that a decision was sent back to the states as it's intended to, because in the 10th Amendment of our Bill of Rights, anything not listed in the Constitution is not the power of the federal government. It should be handled by states. That is the 10th Amendment. Because of that, the left freaks out all the time. They want everything to be handled in Washington, D.C., top down. They like that kind of stuff. They want that kind of vibe. They don't want a constitutional federalist republic. Instead, they like this top-down centralized approach. And and speaking of that, what really just kills me is remember with like with coronavirus, here's Nancy. We do want to say to people, come to Chinatown. Here we are. Oh man, I love that. I love these buttons. Um when coronavirus hit, you had pages like the New York Times saying, oh, we must praise China for their their successful handling of COVID-19. They've got such low numbers. They didn't. They don't. You guys, it, you can never trust numbers coming from a communist regime. But the New York Times was falling for it, of course. Or are they falling for it? Or do they know it's a lie and they're just saying it's a lie? That's the question. That is the question. Incompetence or intentional? Either way, they put out the articles and they were saying, we must praise communist China for, and they didn't call it communist. We must praise China for its swift recovery in COVID-19. We must praise them for their uh, top-down approach. It's like, yeah. That's uh, a centralized communist regime you're talking about there. And they were able to have such swift uh, regulation and execution of its rules and laws because it's a communist regime police state. You guys, come on. But that's what the left likes. They want to be able to have somebody at the top snap their fingers and it affect everybody down to you and your family and your local farm and your local school. They're how we became the greatest nation on earth. They're why, for more than two centuries, America has been a beacon to the world. But as I stand here tonight, equality and democracy are under assault. We do ourselves no favor to pretend otherwise. So tonight, I've come to this place where it all began to speak as plainly as I can to the nation about the threats we face, about the power we have in our own hands. Wait, pause for the cause. You know how he said he went to the place where it all began to say this message? Maybe we should hit back. We should do like a Boston Harbor kind of thing. Boston Tea Party. Like, all right, if you want to get historical. (laughs) These threats and about the incredible future that lies in front of us, if only we choose it. We must never forget, we the people are the true heirs of the American experiment that began more than two centuries ago. We the people have burning inside of each of us the flame of liberty that was lit here at Independence Hall. A flame that lit our way through abolition, the Civil War, suffrage, the Great Depression, world wars, civil rights. That sacred flame still burns. 
Now in our time, as we build an America that is more prosperous, free and just, that is the work of my presidency, a mission I believe in with my whole soul. But first, we must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. <clears throat> not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. All right. OK. One question. Who the heck is he talking about other than Liz Cheney and a couple others like that doesn't count. And if you look at it, if he's saying that those are the only good Republicans, the non-extreme Republicans, look at Liz Cheney's results in the primary with the Republican Party. She got voted out in a landslide. So the fact that all of those Republicans he's saying are good, the few, they all are despised by the Republican Party. What lesson are we supposed to take out of that? Also, I saw a good analysis. I can't remember who it was, but they said a good thing of like, okay, so it's at a level where it's a a threat to the democracy that we have, but it's also just a few bad ones. Which is it? Is it Donald Trump and his supporters or is it just a few of them? But there's no question that the Republican Party today is dominated, driven and intimidated by Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans. Wait, yeah, so he just said, uh, it's it's just a couple of them, just a few, earlier, and now he's saying, but don't get it wrong, Donald Trump is in control, and they they have a large majority. So what is it? And that is a threat to this country. These are hard things. But I'm an American president, not a president of red America, blue America, but of all America. Oh my gosh, pick a side. Guys, he just went from saying Donald Trump and his supporters are extreme, but don't worry, like it's just a small amount of them. Then he says they are actually in control of the Republican Party and it's a threat to democracy. And now he's saying, after accusing the entire half of the country that will be voting against him in the upcoming election, because guess what? Last week, Joe Biden declared that he's officially running for president again. He filed for candidacy. So what you guys, what that means is, uh, for example, if you're a nonprofit, like if I have my my Young Americans Against Socialism is a 501c3. So when a, a politician goes from being just a politician, like a public servant, and then transitions into filing for candidacy because they're going to run for re-election, for example, AOC. If AOC says something dumb about socialism, when she's just a politician, a public servant, I can just easily be like, oh. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, we say her official title, just said this dumb thing about socialism. Check it out. But the moment she files paperwork to run for office again, we have to be a little bit more careful because then she's a candidate. And as a C3, we aren't allowed to be involved in politics. We are an educational nonprofit. And so we can't be getting involved in candidates or, or campaigns or anything having to do with elections. But because she's filed her paperwork, She's officially considered in that that candidacy realm. And so as a nonprofit, we just have to be better about our wording and make it clear that we're criticizing her statements as a congresswoman because she's still serving as a congresswoman. 
Joe Biden just filed his paperwork. So he's officially a, a candidate, right? In 2022 in the 2020 or the 2024 elections. And he is speaking in this event as the official capacity president of the United States. So this is a taxpayer funded speech to talk about how his opponents, the MAGA Republicans, are a threat to democracy. And he's got military people behind him. He's standing in front of Independence Hall. That's one of the big things here is he's doing a campaign style speech and calling his opponent, who's going to run against him in two years, probably, a threat to democracy as president of the United States. But this should really just be a campaign stump. So the fact that it's an official government capacity is very, very scary and concerning. So it's like, okay, is this a stance of this, the federal government now? And I believe it's my duty, my duty to level with you, to tell the truth, no matter how difficult, no matter how painful. And here, in my view, is what is true. MAGA Republicans do not respect the Constitution. They do not believe in the rule of law. They do not recognize the will of the people. They refuse to accept the results of a free election. And they're working right now, as I speak, in state after state, to give power to decide elections in America to partisans and cronies. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so now he's saying you're a threat to democracy if you do not accept the results of the election. When for how many, how many years have we heard people like Stacey Abrams and Hillary Clinton and Kamala and so on, either Stacey Abrams saying that she lost or she won the election, that her opponent actually didn't win, but then Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, Joe Biden, everybody calling President Trump an illegitimate president saying that he didn't actually win. Hillary Clinton saying, you can have the best campaign staff, the best voters, the best team, the best blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, you can still have the campaign, the win stolen from you. It's like, what? So she just said that the election was stolen from her. But now if we say it on our behalf, we are a threat to democracy when you guys have been doing it for quite some time. And when he talks about the state changes, you guys, what he's talking about, this is a little politics for you. What the conservatives are trying to do is make sure that the states that are given in the Constitution the power to manage the elections, because, again, we are a constitutional republic made up of sovereign states, not a top-down central government that has some states in it. No, the states put on elections, and they run them, and then they report the numbers. So what happened before the 2020 elections, I'm not going to get too much into this, but there were a lot of uh, sketchy things that happened where the constitutional process was not followed in terms of the election processes in multiple states. Things were fast-tracked. Things were approved when normally they should not have been or would not have been approved. And it caused a lot of chaos. And what conservatives are trying to do now is get back to basic elections. Show up in person show your ID, and vote like a normal person. If you cannot show your ID, you have incompetency problems, okay? When the left brings up, oh, well, it's, it's racist to expect someone to be able to show an ID because black and brown people have a hard time getting IDs. I want them to say that to the face of a black or brown person. Every time you hear a liberal, every time you hear a liberal, a white one, say it, just ask them, would you say that to the face of someone who is black? walk up to them and say, I think that you are incapable mentally 
of acquiring an ID, even though you need it to do most of the basic functions in society. Yeah, see how that goes. I believe every human, no matter what skin color, is quite competent and capable of getting an ID. If you're not capable of getting yourself an ID and showing it to vote, then why the heck are you participating in the most important process in the keeping of this republic, an election? Why are you voting in the first place? Maybe you should sit this one out. If you are incapable of finding an identification card as a citizen in the United States of America. Is that so bad to say? Maybe you should sit this one out. We need competent people, okay? So don't let them twist what's happening in the states. We are going in the constitutional route to make sure that our elections are safe and secure, and not only that, but trustworthy, okay? And we live in a constitutional republic, so they always say they're going through the states, those evil republicans. It's like, Yeah, we aren't trying to go around anybody. We're following the process because that's where things happen regarding elections in the states. Empowering election deniers to undermine democracy itself. MAGA forces are determined to take this country backwards. Backwards to an America where there is no right to choose, no right to privacy, no right to contraception, no right to marry who you love. See, the, I cannot believe, this is a massive campaign speech. For him to go up and say, they're going to take away interracial marriage. (laughs) They're a threat to democracy. Please don't take these people seriously. Please don't take these people seriously. I mean, really? The president of the United States standing in in front of Independence Hall saying, they're going to take away your right to contraceptives. They're going to take away your right for interracial marriage in 2022. It's like, you guys, oh my gosh, please don't be so, don't be so naive. Don't allow yourself to stoop to the level that is capable of falling for something like this. You are so much more capable and so much more deserving of better than that. They promote authoritarian leaders and they fan the flames of political violence that are a threat to our personal rights to the pursuit of justice, to the rule of law, to the very soul of this country. They look at the mob that stormed the United States Capitol on January 6th, brutally attacking law enforcement, not as insurrectionists who placed a dagger at the throat of our democracy, but they look at them as... Oh, a dagger at the throat. I'll say one thing about January 6th quick. I just watched an interesting interview. The podium guy, remember the podium guy? He just did an interview with Tim Pool and explained how we ended up there. You guys, I kid you not. You know how they like make him into some evil guy that stole like Nancy Pelosi's podium or whatever. And um, he was like a leader in it or whatever because his picture went viral. He's literally just a guy who was there because he wanted to do the peaceful protest. And then he saw people were going into the Capitol. So we just moseyed on in, literally just walked on in. And then there was a podium under a stairwell. And he just picked it up, walked it 20 feet, put it in the middle of, I believe, uh, I can't remember where it was. I think he said he put it right in the middle of like the rotunda or something. And he did a little like fake speech for three sentences, like a, a fake politician style speech. You guys know what I'm talking about. And then he just walked away. And in that time, somebody had snapped that picture and he went viral and look at him now. He's, I think he said he spent over $100,000 in, in legal fees defending himself. And um, 
It's a fascinating story if you guys want to look it up. It's like Podium Guy Tim Pool interview. But yeah, dagger to the throat of democracy. As patriots, and they see their MAGA failure to stop a peaceful transfer of power after the 2020 election as preparation for the 2022 and 2024 elections. They tried everything last time to nullify the votes of 81 million. Did you guys hear that in the background? People are uh, chanting F Joe Biden. People this time they're determined to succeed in thwarting the will of the people. That's why respected conservatives like Federal Circuit Court Judge Michael Ludwig has called Trump and the extreme MAGA Republicans, quote, a clear and present danger to our democracy. But while the threat to American democracy is real, I want to say as clearly as we can, we are not powerless in the face of these threats. We are not bystanders in this ongoing attack on democracy. There are far more Americans, far more Americans from every every background and belief who reject the extreme MAGA ideology than those that accept it. And folks. I find it interesting. There's now a viral clip going around showing the difference between the crowd for Joe Biden, which looks like a little campfire get together in front of the Independence Hall uh, and President Trump, who just, I believe, last night spoke in Pennsylvania as well. And it was a massive stadium packed crowd. Okay, you guys, but before we get into the rest of Joe Biden's speech, I just want to let you know MyPillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You have all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Guys of Dream bed sheets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they are all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code Morgan. Woo! Um, order now because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Guys of Dream sheets are breathable and have cool and crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There is a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call one 800 73 8374 and use promo code Morgan or go to mypillow.com. Click on the radio listener square and use promo code Morgan. Let's go, you guys. I use my pillow sheets. Actually, I just moved. And so I'm happy because I just like restocked on all my sheets and stuff. And it's really, really nice and cozy. And I use their slippers. They're the best. It's within our power. It's in our hands, yours and mine, to stop the assault on American democracy. I believe America is at an inflection point, one of those moments that determine the shape of everything that's to come after. And now America must choose to move forward or to move backwards, to build a future or obsess about the past, to be a nation of hope and unity and optimism. Wait, did he just say move forward or obsess about the past? These people are obsessed with the past. That's a little concerning. I mean, they're trying to rewrite history to fit their race narrative and further divide us. They are obsessed with rewriting the past. And it makes me a little concerned in terms of like cultural revolution style with communist China. They wanted to get rid of the four olds in society, old ideas, culture, customs, habits. Is that what he's meaning? 
It's like it's time to get rid of your obsession with the past, with our founders, with the Constitution, with American values, and move forward into this progressive society that we have envisioned for you. Because no thanks. Fear, division, and of darkness. MAGA Republicans have made their choice. They embrace anger. They thrive on chaos. They live not in the light of truth, but in the shadow of lies. But together... Together, we can choose a different path. I'm sorry. I think I'm just like a little confused in the the sense of like, what else can they use to accuse us of of living in the dark shadows of lies and stuff like that? Other than the January 6th situation, have, have we just lived in a completely different country than them and this is what they actually think about us? That's where I'm confused. I'm like, do you... Do you really see us as like these evil creatures or are you trying to now frame us as that? Are you just trying to freak people out in voting before the midterms? Because that is weird. I mean, like the dark shadows of blah, blah, blah. We can choose a better path forward to the future. A future of possibility, a future to build and dream and hope. And we're on that path moving ahead. I know this nation. I know you, the American people. I know your courage. I know your hearts. And I know our history. This is a nation that honors our Constitution. We do not reject it. This is a nation that believes in the rule of law. We do not repudiate it. This is a nation that respects free and fair elections. We honor the will of the people. We do not deny it. And this is oh man, well that was a lot. They are trying to change the constitution every step of the way. Whether it's uh, removing the electoral college or packing the court, they talk about ending the filibuster so they can fast track things. They love executive uh, orders, which is just top down force. They like federalizing things like our elections removing the power from the states and handing it all over to the federal government. And when it comes to what, what did he say? We're a law and order rule and order or whatever. Uh, yeah. Do you guys remember the summer of love when Kamala Harris and a bunch of the high up politicians paid for the bail and encouraged people to donate to the organization that paid the bail of the people that were rioting and looting in the communities, highly black communities as well during the George Floyd black lives matter riots. I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. This is a nation that respects free and fair elections. We honor the will of the people. We do not deny it. Oh, my gosh. Okay. In New York City, you guys, it was so funny. The radical left was trying to allow illegal immigrants to vote in their local elections. It got struck down by the New York Supreme Court. Uh, But these are the people that don't want you to have to even show an ID when you show up to vote. But they want free and fair elections. And this is a nation that rejects violence as a political tool. We do not encourage violence. We are still an America that believes in honesty and decency and respect for others. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. This is like gaslighting, like a relationship gaslighting, where it's like we believe in honesty and decency and respect for others. But yes, we just told you that you and your entire political side are a threat to our country. And we now consider you extremists. 
that live in the dark shadows of, of evil. But we are decent humans. Patriotism, liberty, justice for all, hope, possibilities. We are still at our core a democracy. No, we're and not. Yet, history tells us the blind loyalty to a single leader and a willingness to engage in political violence is fatal to democracy. For a long time, we've told ourselves that American democracy is guaranteed, but it's not. We have to defend it, protect it, stand up for it, each and every one of us. That's why tonight, I'm asking our nation to come together, (laughs) unite behind the single purpose of defending our democracy regardless of your ideology. Okay, I'm going to end it here. There's still much more of the speech, but I, I hope that that was enough for you guys to see what we're, what we're up against here. Um, that call to action. Do you think he's trying to get people prepared to stand up for their democracy against MAGA Republicans? Do you think that that's what that was? Something eerie about that of like, well, what is the call to action if you want us to unite and save our democracy, and then you just tell us what you consider the threat to democracy to be, what's the next step, Joe? What is the action that you're asking when you give a very vague, stand up for our democracy? You really got to wonder, right? So it's no surprise that this insane speech, one of the most disgusting speeches, I would say the most, one of the most disgusting speeches from a president in American history, like th- th- this was a dark day in front of Independence Hall. This is unprecedented. And I want you guys again to understand I am not dramatizing this just because, like, oh, it's a political show and Morgan's got to get feisty. No, I'm telling you, like, this is a really big deal. This, this just crossed a line that we still don't even fully understand, even. It possibly could have been crossed, I think. You know, a lot of people are still waking up, right? So I'm really, really concerned as to what this means. Now, that being said, it went viral because it was insane. It went viral because it looked like, as Dave Portnoy said, a baby of, of Stalin and Hitler on stage. It was scary, creepy, harmful in terms of actually unifying the country. And We all walked away with that perspective, but what did the left do? Here is a a little clip of all the different moments right after the speech. This is the night of the speech. All the things that the left was saying on the mainstream media, starting with CNN. If you do believe that democracy, small d, not political democracy, but democracy is at stake, is this the type of defense that they've been wanting to hear? Absolutely, without a doubt. This is a speech Joe Biden's wanted to give for a very long time. I really thought this was a fascinating bit of presidential stagecraft and rhetoric. It, it was a very, very patriotic speech. I appreciate his hope and his his sense of patriotism, and I couldn't agree more with what he said. He talked about a kind of coalition of those of goodwill coming together to unite to defend democracy. He almost seemed to sort of be reclaiming patriotism. He literally framed this as a battle reclaiming patriotism and hope between light and darkness. And he called on Americans to come together despite their political differences. Where he says to the heckler, 
that dude, that man, that person from the other side is entitled to be outraged. Totally. Republicans right now would have that heckler be beaten. Right. I think people would like to have seen a bit more references to accountability. There really wasn't much talk about what we're doing about those insurrectionists. I don't, I don't know who the it's not all. Oh, my gosh. So that's the thing is these people want to go even further. Say, OK, so if they're de- if they're threats to democracy, what are we going to do now? What's their consequence going to be? So you guys, to to close off, first of all, I want you to go finish the rest of the speech. I want you to really reflect on what the mainstream media said about the speech. But then I also want you to see this. Oh, my gosh. Peter Ducey from Fox asked Biden literally the next day if he stands by what he said the night before. And this was his reaction. He already walked it back. But I personally think it's just because he's handled, right? This is what he just comes up with on the spot. President, do you consider all Trump supporters to be a threat to the country? No, everyone, come on. I don't consider any Trump supporter to be a threat to the country. I do think anyone who calls for the use of violence, fails to contempt violence, refuses to acknowledge the election has been won upon changing the way in which the rules become votes. That is a threat to democracy. Democracy. And everything we stand for, everything we stand for rests on the platform of democracy. Okay, so if you guys heard that, he just walked back his statement that all MAGA Republicans are threats to democracy. He said, I don't think a single Trump supporter is a threat. I just think you're a threat. (laughs) This is the funny thing. I just think you're a threat if you deny election results because then you're a threat to democracy. So um, this is a good example of what happens when handlers and people with, you know, faceless bureaucrats, faceless employees, people behind the scenes and what, you know, they call the deep state. When they all get together and tell Joe Biden what he's going to say and they put it on the teleprompter, that's coming from them. So that speech last night wasn't from Joe Biden. He read it. The speech came from the people that are behind him, that put him in power, that operate our government. And then when you put Joe Biden out there on his on his lonesome, that's what that's what comes out because our our president has some some issues, right? Now, I hope you guys learned a lot with that. I hope you go and finish the rest of the speech. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. I'll see you on Wednesday. Have a good week. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.